0: Groundbreaking research. Cutting edge ideas. The future of society. For inquisitive minds. F.I.M. Welcome to the podcast. It's Upile. And it's Ali. Uh, is that how I sound to you? It, 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 Canadian. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was kind of mean. You know what? Fine. It's Upile. Is that better? Oh, thanks. Uh, this doesn't sound as good. <laughs> um, and
1: we have Andre with us. Andre, hey. how are you? Hi! How are you, man? <laughs> now now wait, one second. This is the energy. Yep. I don't swear a lot, by the way. I apologize. This oh, is the energy. All right, cool. This is the energy. This is the energy. This
2: is the
0: energy. Woo! <laughs> yes.
2: Thank you for inviting me. It's such an honor to be in such a swanky place. Hey, amazing! Good. Good. The
0: heart of South Ken, where our studios are located. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice weather as well, and we
1: walk around it here. It was yeah, it's mm. great. Perfect. Perfect setting to start a day. Interesting um, name. I would pronounce it as Anjui, but you call it. Andre. Andre, because
2: in Mandarin, uh, the spelling system translated to English is kind of messed up and when I was born. So, an actual pronunciation is Andre. It's Dr. Like a, Dre is in the house. Right?
1: Wait, are you, are, you, are you also a
2: doctor? I'm a doctor. You're yes. a doctor. Really? So, you are Dr. Dre. That's, That's great. Dre. Still DRE. Eh?
1: <laughs> Watch out, Dr. Dre, because we have a new Dreezy in the house. Good. So, Dr. Dre, just to let you know, is Essentially, a producer music, hip hop, etc. Oh, yes, yeah. it's yeah. the yes. one they you go make the beats. Yes. beats. Yes, yes, yes. yes. exactly. So, so it's an owner for you. Right? Yeah. So, just, you are so you're Dr. Yeah. Gray, no, Dr. Gray, basically. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And then nice. the surname we pronounce as we. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I should know this because that's how my name starts. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. ooh. <laughs> Too embarrassed. <laughs> no, that's great. It's your Andre Wu. Yes. Andre Wu. <laughs> so how would you pronounce it? Then, um, name?
2: In full name, yeah. and I would say Andre Wu. Nice. So in Mandarin, we kind of like, we make the last name first. So Wu Andre will be my, like how formally in Mandarin you pronounced. We speak the last name and we follow by the the the, the real given name. So Wu Andre will be my real Mandarin name. Informal.
0: That's, That's fantastic.
1: Awesome. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Ooh, Andre. I wish uh, I had an ooh at end of my name. i was uh, like, yeah. ooh, uh, Ali. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Ali? I mean, ooh, Ali. Ooh, Ali. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ooh, Ali. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, I do say ooh, the Yeah. Awesome. No, it's good. It's great. Thanks very much for having, yeah, it's, well, it's, for having you.
2: Yeah, it will yeah. be a good honor to speak about my topic I'm interested in. I've been working the past Three years, nearly yeah. three years.
1: Right, tell us a little in. bit about
0: your yeah. background. What, what did you do before you got to this whole topic? Yeah.
2: Oh, it's kind uh, of so. a long story,
1: sure, okay. Yeah. Yes. Don't start uh, at childbirth,
0: just like fast forward <laughs>
1: to pre-Dr. Dre. No, how, maybe how maybe people want, might want to hear
2: that. Fine, tell us Pre-Dr. about
1: your childhood. Dr. Dre, yeah. when,
2: when you were born, right? I was born <laughs> <Damn>. in... A... <laughs> go, for go for it, go for it. I'm from Taiwan, and it's a small island in Far East Asia. And I received my medical doctor training in National Taiwan University. After that, I worked um, two years as a foundation, like junior doctors in Taiwan as well. After I have something else, I think I should do something cool when I was still young and have some energy. So I moved on to work as a business consultant in two different companies and give me some idea of how we bring things to the market to make a product really. Penetrable to the market and how but to is This is a
0: medical consultant.
2: It's no, it's actually pure business. So a you client can business. be finance and mm-hmm. finance institute. Big bank can be e-commerce can be any traditional industry. So it's pure business and more. We work on more like how to define a product for new monkey entry and how to build a strategy to, you know, because it's all organizational stuff for the big institute. So we work also for the Reorgs project sometimes.
0: And you did this because you were young and energetic or because you were like, I want to make some money and being a doctor. Um,
2: really to honest, be honest, in doc- being a doctor in Asia make already some money. So <laughs> <It's a big laughs> you don't money, have right? to... I always say big money compared to real <laughs> brokers, but yes. Yeah, you make big money. That's, that's what you trying to say, right? You so make big
1: money.
2: Just for experience. And also, I, I think essentially, if you want to scale something up to real help people, and commercialization is a essential step. And I want to learn this part because it's something lacking in my medical training, to be honest. I want to have like a taste of how people do this. In a big organization, I think being a consultant is kind of like one of the easiest way to have a feeling of how people are doing this. And after that, I think okay, maybe it's time for me to do some cool research to real bring from bring bring things from nothing to uh, real innovation to uh, to the market to develop stuff. So I found this project really exciting. And that's, and that's my, when that's when you
1: decided that's to my a
2: PhD. yeah that's my See. research project, and I got a grant to study in in London. That's how I moved to to this country, two thousand fifteen, yeah. and started my project.
1: What is the project? What's say? Uh, so how can you yeah, explain the project?
2: So my project was using okay. I give a short title. It's understand the uh, methylation patterns from circulating cell-free DNA in plasma from prostate cancer patient. So basically, we trying to profile the circulating cell-free DNA, the methylation pattern of CFDNA, just make brief, in prostate cancer patients. It's a technology which enables us to just by taking adequate of blood, and we can check what's the molecular feature inside those adequate of blood. And from cancer patients, there will be a fraction of those will be from tumor. So we can essentially profile tumor features in blood.
0: What is cell free DNA?
2: Cell free DNA is just like floating DNA in our circulation, just to because there will be a lot of DNA in cell, right? So we're trying to distinguish cell free means they are not bound to any cell, they are just free floating in your circulation. Everybody, even normal people like us, we will have cell free DNA, but we will derive from normal tissue. While in cancer patients, they will part of them will become from the cancer cells. That's the thing we are interested in to understand.
1: Yeah, what's the connection so cancer cells versus the normal people as you class them, right? What's how? How does that work out? Yeah.
2: So so everybody we are cell metabolizing, essentially they're dead, and metabolize and we we have those normal mechanisms in our body. So when cells die and metabolize, they will release some fragmented DNA into the circulation. And imagine if a cancer patient, they have cancer also growing and still also proliferate and essentially die, and then they will release the cancer DNA in the circulation as well. So on the DNA, in there are many, many aspects to look at the difference between cancer DNA and normal DNA. Um, so we were trying to um, identify which parts come from tumor, which part comes from the normal tissue it's really a nice technology because previously and we have to take a corn needle into patient's cancer and cancer a corn needle to do core biopsy or cornido? no or <laughs> yeah. a needle what, what
0: is corn needle? because I'm, I'm thinking about like a corn
2: filled burrito what,
0: what is it? big needle a corn
2: yes no like a needle just like a long needle Poking okay. into a pocket, like poking into a, whatever cancer you have. It's the current gold standard doing tissue biopsy that we're using a big needle, probably the size of, I don't know how to describe the size of maybe oh, a finger. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And then you poke into the tumor. We have lung cancer. You poke into your lung. For your prostate, you're poking the prostate. So it's thicker than a normal
0: needle. So much like thicker,
2: much thicker. So we okay. get the whole oh, tissue out sweet. of it just to enable the pathologist and the cancer doctor to, to see the cancer pattern. I guess
1: there's a surgical yeah. involvement, right? You can't just like,
2: as well. Yeah, this see. will be some procedure involving whether you, depending on the site, you take biopsies yeah. and compare the counterpart. It's a uh, cell-free DNA. This whole field of research is called liquid biopsy. So liquid is weed. biopsy, not the core what, what, part. What, what, yeah. What is the biopsy? Uh, but bi- bi- biopsy is to procedure take the, tissue the, we collect the tissue, the tissue. so yeah. okay. you can be core biopsy which you get a core of the tumor essentially with, with the t- needle with the needle yeah. Yeah. or you can do liquid biopsy which you biopsy liquid and can be in most likely is to take the blood the fibotomy yeah. part
0: there's core biopsy where you take a core needle and you get the tissue out yes and then there's liquid biopsy where you can just take the blood, blood out test. Yes. so just a blood test just a blood a simple
2: blood it. test yeah we try to make ourselves sounds cool just call yeah. that liquid biopsy <laughs> yeah.
0: liquid biopsy it does sound really cool yeah, yeah. It sounds like the future,
2: and so and your research
1: is the future, it's been happening for years, mate.
2: Not years how many
1: years has it been happening?
2: So, taking blood has been happening, I think, more than 100 years. Yeah, yeah, oh, taking blood, <laughs> taking blood
1: happened,
2: yeah. but biopsy okay, liquid biopsy is not okay. Liquid like. biopsy, I think, now the the real usage, like we call it an FDA approved test, it's still not many is happening, but m- many companies and many research institute trying to work on this topic because it's easy to it's non-invasive compared to core biopsy mm-hmm. it's easy to obtain the tissue as well to take the blood yeah. and it's just the scalability it's much more applicable to the clinic so that's why people are interested in doing this so your
0: research is basically t- doing a liquid biopsy Yes, and taking cell-free DNA in that liquid biopsy. Yes, yes. to Determine if there is a cancer in the prostate.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So the whole procedure, liquid biopsy. There are many aspects of liquid biopsy. Cell-free DNA is one of it. You can take the cell. There will be some intact cell circulates in our blood as well so this topic is called circulating tumor cell and you can get white blood cell as well you can get white blood cell red blood cell information as well so people were also interested in looking at the component of the leukocytes so there are many many things you can do from the adequate of blood but my personal topic and interest is the cell-free dna part why, not why cell part. DNA? And because it's easy, easy to process uh-huh. compared to the whole cells yeah. component. And it's just the scalability from a scalability point of view. It's just easier than okay. to get the cell done. And then
0: why prostate cancer? is just, just because it's the easiest thing to actually detect. And
2: prostate cancer, not necessarily, I would say. Every cancer is important. Prostate was just one of the biggest healthcare challenge at this moment because it's one of the most, I would say the most prevalent cancer type in UK and US. So every year will be thousands of men freshly diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And the cancer, after receiving local therapy, the cancer eventually relapses and become metastatic. So the metastatic prostate cancer is the type of disease that kills the patient. Mm-hmm. So metastatic prostate cancer is the topic we actually focus on.
1: This was, you said one important thing was, this was the most important topic then. When you say then, was it four or five years ago? When was it important?
2: And when was it important? Yeah, yeah prostate cancer is, it's, has been important and type of uh, disease. People have been working on this for many, many years. Right. And just when disease becomes metastatic, it's really challenging to acquire the tissue. Imagine if a local prostate is easy, you know, you could biopsy them quite easily because it's kind of like easy process to do but once it become metastatic it can be a brain mat metastatic side in brain in bone it will be hard to acquire the tissue in bone and brain you can't just take out a aliquot of the tissue from the brain right so let's make the liquid biopsy essential a very important um, technique for metastatic prostate cancer easy access to the tissue yeah.
0: So there's metastatic?
2: Yeah, metastatic. And
0: what's the opposite of metastatic?
2: A Localized
1: prostate localized, cancer.
0: Localized. Okay, so actually, let me take a quick step back. Andre, don't help Upile with this question. Upile, what is a prostate?
1: Prostate
0: is a uh, form of cancer no man what is where,
1: where is the prostate somewhere down 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 there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you know what it was
0: i i was i was confused i was i thought it was somewhere up here you know no it's down there. i know, I
1: know. Yeah. it's between <laughs> the bladder and then the urethra so, so interesting before we dive deep right so <laughs> you're with this and so how long have you been doing this Three, three years, years, yeah. What were the years. first two years like for you then as a PhD student, like looking into this topic? What...
2: Starting of two years, I've been developed the technology to look at the cell-free DNA because there's some technology we need to build in order to understand the patterns of uh, cancer-specific change in the cell-free DNA, right? So it's more lab-based and a lot of analysis in Silicon as well, trying to get down to how to make the technique very robust, enable us to really bring this to the clinic. Just so very, I would say, not that hard, but it's more like a lot of repetition and a lot of like tried errors, I would say. So need very strong mentality to, I would say, do a PhD need a strong mentality to, you know, nail the topic down.
1: So really the first two years was about trying to understand what... Yeah, the technology is. can, can we use to approach this topic
2: and yeah. what's the, what can make it more robust? And also a lot of analysis we need to do as well.
1: And what was that technology that you, yeah, to make so it So it's
2: advanced? a sequencing-based technology. So the, the whole field of studying cell-free DNA, you can using a simple technology, look at one gene. But if you want to do it high throughput, look at multiple regions, you there will be introducing a, a technology called next-generation sequencing. So it's a high-throughput method. Enable us to look at multiple regions at the same times and in high throughput method, which means it's easy to scale. And it's also, uh, we bring down a cost quite essentially. So it's an NGS based next abbreviation for the next generation sequencing technology. And, and, and how new wow. is this?
0: Is this like very new? Is this
2: yeah, like- so next generation compared to first generation, right? Mm-hmm. So first generation was developing uh, early 1980s. So okay. next generation is developing in the late 2007, 2008. Oh, wow. And because at that time, it was still very expensive. But, you know, through time, people were making improvements. And now it was one of the technology that was, it's now followed the Morse law, because Morse law say every few years, you drop the price 50%. But NGS technology, the cost, it's dropped even more than 50% in the past few years. So it's now become very affordable. To patient to receive this test.
1: Mm-hmm. And so then, when you say it's costly, as in costly for the actual medical for, for education purposes, or for... for
2: research purposes first of all, and then in the future, if the cost keep dropping, it probably will be will be affordable also for an NHS or for a clinic to adapt this into their service pipeline. I would say in the future.
0: Oh. So what are the, the stages then of someone going through prostate cancer? So if Metastatic is the worst stage. That's yeah, this will kill
2: the patient. Yeah. This is
0: when the cancer has grown into the bones and into the brain.
2: Yes, become metastatic. An and when you're in
0: that stage, you a liquid biopsy is not going to find your tumor because it is too late.
2: No, uh, we'll find a lot of tumor. Yeah. And so liquid biopsy in different stage of cancer have different use, right? Yeah. Because different stage clinical question are different. Yeah. So for the early stage, people are looking for whether you can detect cancer in the early stage, That's for yeah. early stage disease. Yeah. And um, the second question is when you already confirm you do have cancer, you receive local treatment, such as surgery, or radiotherapy Mm -hmm. and then your question would be can I detect any residual disease or any relapse so there will be the second question, can we detect any residual disease or there's any relapse, which is not clear by the surgery? So mm-hmm. there will be a second question. Mm-hmm. And eventually, some, a fraction of patients, they become metastatic. Disease comes back mm-hmm. as a metastatic or more malignant form of disease. Mm-hmm. So our question is, can we using liquid biopsy to stratify patients? Mm-hmm. Say, okay, high risk group, you have those, those, those change. You need to receive this target therapy, and mm-hmm. you are okay. You can manage it by antigen therapy. That's okay. So we can predict the, the patient outcome by the biopsy. Mm-hmm. And then after we starting doing chemotherapy or target therapy, the question would be how we check how the tumor responds to the therapy. Is it mm-hmm. responding or the tumors keep growing? So different stage of disease, the biopsy has some role in those. To answer those questions, I Mm-hmm. This just described yeah
0: gotcha and, and what is the outcome that you're hoping for with this
2: so our outcome for because currently we study in the metastatic disease but eventually want to bring them to the earlier stage to answer the so, so
0: sorry so i test. i have completed my question what are the earlier stages so if metastatic is the final stage yes
2: the early stage
0: what are the stages before
2: metastatic it's the localized disease
0: so okay. localized and
2: what's it what before localized so before localized it will the stage become localized prostate cancer it will be probably prostate inflammation or hyperplasia of some cell they mm-hmm. make some nodule and nodule become more malignant and they grow without limits that's mm-hmm. why we call it. it become prostate cancer prostate compared to other form of cancer like lung or pancreas it's relatively more mild. So it grows slowly and mostly in elder men, like men over 60 years old, 65 years old. So localized disease, only 25% to 30% of people become metastatic. Mm -hmm. If you, after receiving surgery, only one third or less than that men relapse. So actually relatively the outcome is good compared to other type of disease. Gotcha.
1: In terms of this whole topic, right? Was it different from what you imagined? Yeah. Was it any different, you know, any challenges that you faced with it? And
2: Yeah. The thing is we studied cell-free DNA, yeah. but we studied the methylation pattern right. of the, I study methylation pattern of the cell-free DNA. Oh, methylation yeah. is so from the DNA backbone. So cell-free DNA is essentially still a DNA, right? DNA is a inheritance molecules or mm-hmm. substances yeah. in every cell. Mm-hmm. Many, many information we can look at the DNA backbone. The most easy is the genomic change. Yeah. Like, you know, DNA comprised of ATCG mark. Yeah. If some mark change yeah. or the whole segment becomes amplified, It's genomic wise, we call it genomic change. But methylation is nothing to do with the change of the codon, it's the change on top of the codon. There will be some modification, like methyl group modified on top of the one codon called cytosine. If there is cytosine followed by G, C, G, there will be some methylation mark on top of it. Without changing the meaning of the DNA backbone, but there's a modification change so what does it mean it means every tissue yeah the like, genomic wise yeah. it's the same like your lung cell and your prostate cell and your leukocyte mm-hmm. the genomic wise before have any mutation is the same right but methylation pattern are different okay. tissue wise so, so you your lung methylation pattern yes is it's different, different your from your, like your prostate and your, your heart yeah. so if you can profile the methylation pattern yeah. in CFDNA, you can first understand the tissue of origin. You can probably eventually understand. 30% come from your lung tissue. 50% come uh. from your leukocytes. 10% come from your renal, your kidney. What, what's a leukocyte? Leukocyte is a white blood cell. Y Sorry, a white cell. Y yes. Cell. Okay. So so let me, let me try to rephrase
0: this a little bit clearer. So you have different organs in your body, different tissues as part of those organs. Those tissues release cells and those cells are floating around in your body. You do a blood test. Yes. And then you can tell which cell came from which tissue. This yes. is using the uh, cell-free Methylation, DNA. yes. There's okay, many
2: aspects. Over. So CFDNA is just um, it's just DNA, right? Yeah. And we, after collected, you can look at many aspects. I you hope, can look yeah. at the genomic-wise. Yeah. Do you have mutation? But mutation is very sort of cancer-specific right. somehow. Okay, there's some publications say non-cancerous tissue yeah. also have mutation, but I'm not going too that deep. But mostly people looking at genomic change, but it's not tissue-specific. You can have mutation in your lung, but you don't have lung cancer. But if you check the methylation pattern, you can essentially understand the component of the whole cell-free DNA. Say, what the proportion comes from leukocyte, proportion comes from prostate, Mm -hmm. proportion comes from lung. So if your prostate release. A lot more DNA compared to before. Yeah. You can be aware there may be some inflammation change or malignant change in your tissue.
0: God forbid that I get prostate cancer.
2: Yes. Wouldn't you need to know
0: my normal levels before you go off and say, okay, there's inflammation? But you
2: you do though, because that's what you just said. Yeah, right? we we need to do that. Yeah, that's that's it's really interesting and really important question as well. So, um, when I started my PhD, we do not think we are able to capture the early stage disease because just because of the sensitivity of the disease. Just yeah. like camera have sensitivity, right? If I take camera here, probably I won't be able to see the, the blackboard like in a one kilometer away. Yeah. We don't think we have the sensitivity to pick up early localized disease in circulation. Yeah. So we start off with metastatic for two purposes. Yeah. First is those are the disease who kill the patient, yeah. not the localized yeah. disease. The second is if it become metastatic, by definition there's a lot of disease burden in your body yes. it's easier to pick up the methylation pattern from cell dna compared to localized disease yeah. so there are two reasons why we start off with metastatic prostate cancer cell dna research so my first two years and it's just demonstrate we are able to do this um, and right. to pick up those signatures in circulation and in now and the future, we're trying to move this technology into the earlier stage.
0: But, but again, wouldn't you still need a benchmark? Let's say that I'm 55 years old. Yeah. And I go to my GP and my GP says, we need to do a liquid biopsy to test your cell-free DNA. Mm-hmm. And they get a result and they find, I don't know, that 25% is floating around cell-free DNA of, that is in my prostate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it, everything seems fine. And mm. then let's suppose that, like, I turn sixty and I do get prostate cancer, and it they find out that that ten percent has now grown to twenty percent. That's how they would tell of prostate cancer.
2: First of all, all I described is still in research stage. It's yeah. not something happening now in NHS, so yeah. now GP yeah. can order this test. But yeah, to answer this question, it's it's really important. So. Now, to diagnose the cancer, yes. the gold standard still core biopsy, like a core, core biopsy. Yeah. So, it's still a gold standard, yeah. like currently. Yeah. So, if I want to tell whether you have lung cancer, prostate cancer, I still need to cancer. put a pen for needle <laughs> yeah. into your prostate or your lung yes. to get a t- real tissue yeah. to look at under the microscope yeah. and do some genetic test. To confirm you do have cancer and it's your lesion because we have the tissue proof. The search, now still yeah. the gold standards. But so so to answer the question, first of all, we can't give the patient a diagnosis without tissue proof, such right. as just take a blood, say you yeah. have cancer floating around, we don't know where the tissue you might have lung cancer because we see the mutation and we see the component from lung cell is increasing. So you have lung cancer. We can't make this statement. You can or you cannot? You cannot cannot. cannot make the statement. Yeah, that's why we can't do now. So, but... But why can't you do it? Because you've proven that you
0: can do it for... Yeah, we we can do it in metastatic.
2: It's doing it. But but for the early stage disease, we can't do it. The gold standard still, we need to take the real tissue out. And we see the but, disease, but sorry,
0: you can't do it because of like a uh,
2: because of concep- legal, and- yeah, legal conceptually. You still need to see a tissue, and then you still need a tissue to make the final confirmation for to make diagnosed. So that this but, is, yeah, but metastatic answer. is something different because metastatic is you already have local disease, you yeah. already get treated, yeah. and now disease comes back. It's different topic. It become metastatic.
0: But but let's fast forward like ten years for a second, right? And suppose that the stuff you've been working on becomes a reality. Yeah. Right. Are you now able to say when people go in for their annual physical mm-hmm. that not just detecting cancer cells in the blood, but also detecting potentially tissues of those cancer cells mm-hmm. is possible without actually having to take out the tissues?
2: Yes. That's essentially the whole field was thinking of doing. Mm-hmm. So I personally, okay, it's a very personal comment because not. All, all things still in the air, still a lot of hot air. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hot but yeah, <laughs> like now.
2: <laughs> so uh, uh, it's nothing was certain. Yeah. Currently, I'm wrong in 10 years' time. But the, I think and to using the to stratify patients, which enable us to understand how the treatment effect in the metastatic yeah. will happen in two year, two three years' time. Yeah. It will happen. But to help to answer the early detection and early diagnosis question. I think to detect early disease relapse, it will also happen in mm-hmm. five to 10 years time, such as I already give you a surgery treatment. You remove your lung and prostate localized lesion, mm-hmm. but we still detect some signature from prostate. It's weird, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have prostate. It's removed, mm-hmm. but you still see the signature. Then we probably need to give you additional treatment because you might have early metastatic disease and this you don't need tissue proof i think i think this we can using liquid biopsy and i think this will happen in next five to ten years oh. but even earlier is you're a healthy man you just come back from the gym oh. and you decided to do a blood test. And I felt a lot of floating um, prostate cell in your circulation. Yeah. And I repeat the test in two months' time. I still found the signature in your circulation. Yeah. And it's highly likely you might have some malignant change in your prostate. But I would advise you to receive surgery or chemotherapy or radiotherapy without tissue proof. This scenario I just described, I think it's really hard for even for the patient to 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 accept, I don't have any tissue proof, but just have a lot of blood showing positive. Right, it's hard. So I still think for early diagnosed, even it's early, for diagnosis purposes, we still need tissue proof, like real tissue proof to see stuff. This is my personal opinion. Before
1: yeah. you can diagnose, yes, before you yeah. can give the process. But assessment. for
2: early relapse, I think it will be a very interesting field. We don't need tissue because we see the signature and the patient already received local treatment. Maybe there's some residual disease hiding somewhere we didn't see it, but you do need additional treatment. There's something we can, I, I think it will happen in five to 10 years time. Yeah. But for fresh men, like without any prior tumor information, yeah. it's really hard to just diagnose patient by liquid biopsy.
0: Interesting. When you're doing a liquid biopsy, the location of where you do the liquid biopsy is very important.
2: Yes. And yes.
0: So if, if you're aiming for the prostate, you're obviously not going to go and do it on the arm. You're probably going to do it somewhere on the loop.
2: In a circulation, by definition, either you're taking from your an arm, the vessel from your arm, the vessel from your femur, or like your leg, it's probably will be similar. But prostate or bladder cancer, people were thinking of doing it in urine. So there will be circulating cell-free DNA. It right. can be circulating cell-free DNA in urine. Mm-hmm. You can detect long fragmented cell-free DNA in urine as well. People be doing this in bladder cancer. Wow. So you can do, I will say for prostate and for bladder, maybe urine can be an option. Yeah. But for the, I will say for the early, let me just add one more statement. So it's hard to early diagnose patient okay. based on cell-free DNA, but you can early stratify patient. Like you have high risk chance, high chance of getting prostate cancer, go on to the specialist to check. Yeah. And you do not have any signature change in your prostate compared to two months ago, you are safe. So maybe you can using cell-free DNA in a very early stage, healthy patient to help you flag up the thing might change in your body. Mm-hmm. And you did need to do more tests mm-hmm. compared to normal people and you don't have any upper signature, you are okay. To stratify patient, I think it could happen as well in five to 10 years time. But to diagnose, I still think it's a so, challenge. Yeah.
1: What's happening now? How we, with the cell-free DNA, still in early stages, how do we now progress it forward? So what happens after your research now, we speak? So what's happening?
2: Yeah, so what's happening now is because, Ola currently the gold standard to bring those stuff to the market, our market, uh, hospital, the doctor will order our test, right? To prove it's robust enough, we need prospective trial, Multi-center prospective trial, which we start collecting cell-free DNA, and we show them. We show like the whole scientific area, scientific field, the people working on this field, saying, "Okay, now with those information, we can better stratify and treat the patient compared to lost clinic without any of those information." So we need a prospective multi-center trial to answer this, the effectiveness of doing this, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, and how quickly do you have to do this? So in
1: project point of view, or as an individual point individual of view? Individual and project, to get it to that to five years' time, to yeah. like 10 years' how, yeah. you know to prove that this is This mm-hmm. is it something. Yeah. So
2: now we are going to open the, uh, in the very soon, we are going to do the prospective trial to answer this question within five years, whether in the metastatic setting, it actually will be beneficial for the clinic to receive the test, and then this can help then the doctor, the physician, to better treat the patient. This is happening in three five year time. We are opening the prospective trial to address this issue. For disease relapse, the follow time period is longer because imagine we we can't just say you you have high burden, right? We do need to see the clinical endpoint, which is patient eventually relapse mm-hmm. and have high disease burden and eventually die from the disease, right? So we even now we open a trial, we need a long follow-up time. As I say, prostate cancer is relatively less aggressive yes. compared to lung and pancreas Correct. and some form of leukemia.
0: Can, can I just ask about the you said about the arm. That's yeah. where you take the blood out. Yes, yes. And that's yes. where you get full circulation from. Correct. I'm still trying to understand why you wouldn't do a... If you're testing for prostate cancer and you want to do a liquid biopsy or a blood test, why would I not do that on like a thigh as opposed to an arm?
2: Uh, okay. Well, why is the arm
0: the best hmm. spot for circulation?
2: Okay, first is just feasibility because most of uh, the, the, the nurses take blood uh, hey, from, <laughs> from the blood. That's a good question. And <clears throat> I will say... Because right now, the hypothesis behind is the cell die mm-hmm. and release a long fragment of DNA. Mm-hmm. And there will, there will be some enzyme in your circulation yeah. digest the DNA. Yeah. And most, some of the microfat in your liver yeah. also digest part of the DNA. And the DNA become short and fragmented mm-hmm. and release in your circulation.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: circulation, we assume it's a steady state. Like relatively stable, mm. so taking from your arm and from your femoral artery or then essentially make a big difference. But I do not think people compare. It's an interesting topic. Taking from your femoral vein and compared to your armpit, does mm. it make any difference? I don't know actually. Mm. I don't know this question. But just now, everybody in this field taking from the arm from the arm. Yeah, just because of the nurses been doing this and it's their routine actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. How do you actually study the sulfur DNA? Is it under a microscope? Are you using one of those? Oh, it's, uh, a,
2: as I described, it's an NGS-based technology. So once we take the blood, it's a full blood, like you probably see the blood tube when you go into your GP. And you take the blood, we, we spawn the blood mm-hmm. to make sure the plasma separates from the cellular component, mm-hmm. because there will be a lot of cell in your circulation as well, such as White blood cell, red blood cell, and also other debris from other tissue as well. Yeah. So we spun the blood. We so double what's the spinning spun, thing called? Spinning, uh, yeah. just spin. The spin, just okay. spin the blood. What's the
1: spinning spin thing called? Did yeah. you say? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, there's a name uh, for the spinning thing. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's yeah, a, the spinning thing. A which is called the spinning thing? Spinny uh,
2: thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Hashtag spinning thing. <laughs> yeah. The like various and, and then we spin the blood down, and then we have the cellular component and the plasma component. And we take the plasma out and from the plasma, we extract the DNA, any DNA in the plasma. And most of them need cell-free DNA. And then we, from those DNA, we do some biochemical treatment to make it easy to put onto the sequencing machine. So we read a sequence on the sequencing machine. And then we got loads of data that's why we translate the biological question into a data science question. Yeah. How we found a pattern in those sequence to which part comes from which tissue, which is aberrant pattern. Are we able to pick those up? And then we do the reporting. It's a lot of data science in the middle as well.
0: Gotcha. Okay. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was just I was just Wikipedia blood spinning. Apparently blood spinning is what you call blood spinning. Okay, cool. That's great. <laughs> I, I, I really thought there'd be more scientific name to blood spinning, no. than blood
2: spinning Yeah, maybe we should invent some code then to make my
1: life necessary. Let's just here. do it now. Let's just, <laughs> let's just thing. I think that works, really. <laughs> that will you know like uh, rotor. Yeah, like rotor. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Super rotor. you have any more cool. points?
0: No, I just do you have a, a shout out that I have one, no, I have one
1: before we go shout-out. Fine, fine. How do you want to be remembered? How do I remember? Yeah, how should we remember you? Uh, I was already a Dr. Dre,
0: so you can't. Dr.
2: Dre, how do I want to be remembered? I mean, for if I wrote a historical medical books, I want to remember the the pioneer um, profiling the methylation in plasma DNA. Nice. I'm gonna
1: get a crown right now because that's incredible. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm, I'm brushing his shoulder right now and then putting the crown on, and he's done Um, it. He's made you receive a knighthood. Yes, yes. As I'm I'm from, you know, know, I live with the queen just down the road. Now, you know, that's, that's, yeah, slick. Pioneer. That's cool. Good word. Yeah, it's a very good word.
2: Cool, man. Do you want to give any shout-outs to any universities? A shout-out my university. So uh, I study in Institute of Cancer Research, actually just a few blocks down the road. Yeah. On the where University the of is. London, where, yes, this was neighbors, and you know, it's, <laughs> we may for for breakfast. We... Oh, <laughs> <do> you <I> are <laughs> definitely no I get an idea. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now I moved to University of College London, UCL, Cancer Institute, just mm-hmm. in the middle of my PhD. Right. Just to enjoy a different part of London, because I type bored
1: of South Kensington. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so you, no. love, you, you don't like South Kensington?
2: No. You know, that's what you <laughs> say, <saying, King>. right? <laughs> no, don't Joe hate. King. So uh, now I moved to UCO, now where I base, uh, just behind a UCO hospital. It's a UCO Cancer Institute. And uh, it's such a fun place. It's wow. more vibrant. Nice, and nice. Uh, yeah, nice neighborhood as well. I live in Russell Square now, which is nice. a yeah, nice side of the city. And yeah, I really want to make things happen. And not only the research part, as I just said in the beginning, we want to move it to the clinic, which we want to scale this up to the, and the scalability levels, it's just to help more people who need this test. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Wow. Gotcha. Dude, thank you so much, Andre. Really yeah. Thank it. you for
2: having me. And thank no you. It's a great honor to speak to everybody who's listening to this podcast. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Thank you. Check out our page at patreon.com slash for inquisitive minds. Reach out to us, check out our episodes and, and stay in touch. Check it
1: out.